Did Christians begin to celebrate the birth of Jesus of Nazareth on December 25th to accommodate pagan practices? Is that why today we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th? The answer to that question is relevant to modern Christianity because if celebrating the birth of Jesus is inherently wrong, or it was done simply to accommodate pagan practices, then what does that say about our celebrations, about one of the significant holidays in Christianity? What does that say about all of the efforts the local churches make to celebrate the birth of Jesus, to have uh, specific services that are dedicated to this purpose and traditions that correspond with them? Growing up, I had this misunderstanding that during a time when Christians were severely persecuted, that Christians began to celebrate the birth of Jesus of Nazareth on December 25th because that happened to coincide with a pagan festival. So Christians could discreetly celebrate the birth of Jesus without fear of people noticing because they were too busy having their own celebration. And so even if Christians looked joyful, even if they're all gathered together, they shared a common purpose with their contemporaries. Well, that was the understanding that I had then, and it is one that many people hold today. But the question is, is that why we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th? Well, today we're going to be unpacking an article written by Andrew McGowan. Now, McGowan is the dean and president of the Berkeley Divinity School at Yale and McFadden professor of Anglican Studies at Yale Divinity School. And this is an article that is titled, How December 25th Became Christmas. Now, that is a provocative title in and of itself because it indicates that perhaps there was a time when December 25th was not Christmas or when it was not the date upon which Christians celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. It is published in a uh, publication uh, that is the biblicalarchaeology.org, if you're looking online, and this is an article that is published annually. In fact, it's one that if you have followed content that I have put out through the years. It's uh, an article that you have come across before. I've discussed it in a few different formats because I think it is worthwhile. I think that there are questions in our culture about the pagan influences or alleged pagan influences of Christianity, especially early Christianity, that we need to separate ourselves from. Not because we are trying to have some sort of a popularity campaign or we're trying to appeal as something we are not, but instead because the, his, the history, the historical account of what took place radically differs from what is commonly understood today. In spite of the fact, I might state, that I have heard many pastors through the year, years get up and, and say what I had indicated that I was brought up believing. And so I hear that from the pulpit this year as I tune in and listen to a number of different pastors and I always wonder... Have they taken time to unpack this, or have they just continued to repeat things that have been passed along to them? May we be found faithful, by the way, in, divide, in rightly dividing the word of truth, and also taking time to diligently study church history so that we can speak on these matters of which our culture is so interested that we can do so in clear and accurate terms. 
Well, with that stated, let's begin reading this article. It says, On December 25th, Christians around the world will gather to celebrate Jesus' birth. Joyful carols, special uh, uh, celebrations, brightly wrapped gifts, festive foods, these all characterize the feast today, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. But just how did the Christmas festival originate? How did December 25th come to be associated with Jesus' birth? Now, this article would continue by just taking time to develop the idea that we do not have a record of very early Christians celebrating the birth of Jesus on a particular date. And so if you were to ask, you know, in the first century, do we have Christians gathering together on December 25th to celebrate the birth of Jesus? The answer would be no. We have no historical attestation to that. We have no references at all. We have nobody stating or trying to find a date for the birth of Jesus. But he says at the same time, it is worthwhile to note that that the resurrection, uh, that Easter, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that this is recognized and celebrated, and even dates are sought from the very beginning. Uh, during the during the Passover festival, for instance, this would be when early Christians would celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and this is important to Christians, of course, because this is the central claim of Christianity, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some would call this the kerygma, or the central teaching, and it is contained in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, for instance. And so we know that early Christians were very careful to make sure that they celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, and even... Uh, to select a date upon which they would celebrate that feast, uh, that, that holiday together. And so as we look at that, we continue reading through, and it, it comes back to this discussion about the, the dating of the birth of Jesus. And it says, finally, in around 200 AD, a Christian teacher in Egypt makes reference to the date Jesus was born. Now, it's, it's fascinating because now we are starting to see... Uh, in this in 200 AD that there is a desire to find a date to celebrate the birth of Jesus so there are people who are interested in celebrating and now they want to understand a date but he did not come up with December 25th he was bouncing around a few possible dates McGowan would say clearly there was great uncertainty but also a considerable amount of interest in dating Jesus' birth in the late 2nd century. By the 4th century, however, we find references to two dates that were widely recognized and now also celebrated as Jesus' birthday. December 25th in the Western Roman Empire and January 6th in the East, especially in Egypt and Asia Minor. The modern Armenian church continues to celebrate Christmas on January 6th. For most Christians, however, December 25th would prevail, while January 6th eventually came to be known as the Feast of the Epiphany, commemorating the arrival of the Magi in Bethlehem, the period between the holiday season later known as the 12 Days of Christmas. In case you wondered where that song came from, it came right from there. So those are the 12 Days of Christmas. So that that's pretty early. So really early on, we have references to, uh, to a date for the celebration of the birth of Jesus. There is a sincere desire to accurately understand when Jesus was born, to celebrate it accordingly. 
And the article continues. The earliest mention of December 25th as Jesus' as birthday comes from a mid-4th century Roman almanac that lists the death dates of various Christian bishops and martyrs. The first date listed, December 25th, is marked with a note that says Christ was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In about 400 AD, uh, Augustine of Hippo mentions a local dissident Christian group, the Don, uh, Donatists, who apparently kept Christmas festivals on December 25th, but refused to celebrate the Epiphany on January 6th, listen to this, regarding it as an innovation. Since the Donatist group emerged only emerged during the persecution uh, in 312 AD and then remained stubbornly attached to the practices of that moment in time, they seem to represent an older North African Christian tradition. So what McGowan is saying there is that even though we don't have record of them celebrating the birth of Jesus on December 25th on, until this date, what we, and by the way, that's 300 AD, their practices and what we know of them would indicate that their practices reflect an earlier North African Christian tradition. So likely a very early tradition, one that predates that time by a significant period of time. It continues in the East. January 6th was at first not associated with the Magi alone, but with the Christmas story as a whole. We might wonder why that is. We're going to look at that in just a few minutes. So it says, so almost 300 years after Jesus was born, we finally find people observing his birth in midwinter. But how had they settled on the date December 25th and January 6th? Now, right now, you're probably pausing. You're saying, well, I know that Christmas could not have been December 25th because sheep, uh, shepherd were not tending their flocks in the fields in the middle of winter. And so that's something that is commonly uh, believed. But we have understood today, uh, contemporary scholarship has found that, in fact, yes, in biblical times, shepherds were tending to their sheep in the fields even in December. And so there's no problem there. There's no conflict. We find early Christians who would have, by the way, had an, an understanding of this. They recognize that December 25th or, or January 6th could have been possible dates for the birth of Jesus. The question is going to be, how did they arrive there? Well, McGowan is going to give two possible, two possible reasons why December 25th became Christmas. It says, one, the most loudly touted theory about the origins of the Christmas date is that it was barred from pagan celebrations. The Romans had their midwinter festival in late December. Barbarian peoples of northern and western Europe kept holidays at similar times. To top it off, in 274 AD, the Roman emperor Aurelian established a feast of the birth of Sol Invictus, or the unconquered sun, on December 25th. Christmas, the argument goes, is really a spin-off from these pagan solar festivals. According to this theory, early Christians deliberately chose these dates to encourage the spread of Christmas and Christianity throughout the Roman world. If Christmas looked like a pagan holiday, more pagans would be open to both the holiday and the God whose birth it celebrated. Now, this is a little bit different than what I was brought up believing, which was, again, that Christians celebrated uh, during this feast in order to conceal their actual practices and the reason that they were gathered together. 
That is one explanation that people believe that is sort of a spinoff from this. And this is the idea that Christians sort of borrowed from it. So the idea of the unconquered sun, think about that, the rising sun. We celebrate the son of God, uh, his birth and what he came to accomplish. And so December 25th. And so people would say there is a correlation between the two and Christians simply adopted this pagan faith. They used the dates, the framework, even the framework of belief, and they just projected those things onto Christianity, or they projected Christian beliefs onto the pagan practices. One way or another, these get communicated and to the culture at large with the intent of evangelizing these people uh, who would see their practices. It says, despite its popularity today, this theory of Christmas's origins has its problems. It is not found in any ancient Christian writing. For one thing, Christian authors of the time do not note a connection between the solstice and Jesus' birth. The church father Ambrose, for example, described Christ as the true son who outshone the fallen gods of the old order, but early Christian writers never hint at any recent uh, calendar engineering. They clearly don't think the date was chosen by the church. Rather, they see the coincidence as a providential sign, as natural proof that God had selected Jesus over the false pagan gods. It's not until the 12th century that we find the first suggestion that Jesus' birth celebration was deliberately set at a time of pagan feast. A marginal note on a manuscript of the writings of the Syriac biblical commentator uh, states that in ancient times, the Christ Christmas holiday was actually shifted from January 6th to December 25th. Now again, the idea was that at one time, Christmas was celebrated midwinter, and it's close. It's 12 days later, but January 6th, how did he arrive at that date? We're going to look at that in a minute. To December 25th, so that it fell on the same date as the pagan Sol Invictus holiday. In the 18th and 19th century, Bible scholars spurred on by the new study of comparative religions latched onto this idea. They claimed that because the early Christians didn't know when Jesus was born, they simply assimilated the, the pagan solstice festival for their own purposes, claiming it as the time of the Messiah's birth and celebrating it accordingly. Now think about that. We find in the 12th century, we have no reference of this before, nothing that predates this. No early church father arguing uh, for this adoption uh, of this date, nobody affirming it as a good practice. Look, we're picking up this date, we're embracing these practices so that we can more effectively reach people. None of that. We find no reference at all, which should indicate for us that there's a problem here. We should find some sort of paper trail but by the time we get to the 18th and 19th century, we find people who want to have comparative religious studies. They want to be able to, to draw a parallel between all world religions, those that are now dead, as well as those that are currently being practiced, and to say, see, they're all the same. They all come from the same foundation. And if you start with that basis, then you find a marginal note in a manuscript. You say, hey, we have some evidence here, and this is the truth. But is it? McGowan continues, more recent studies have shown that many of the holiday's modern trappings do reflect pagan customs barred from later as Christianity expanded into northern and western Europe. But this was not the case at the time. It says there are problems with the, this popular theory, however, as many scholars recognize. Most significantly, the first mention of a date for Christmas around 200 AD and the earliest celebrations that we know about, 250 to 300 AD, come in a period when Christians were not borrowing heavy 
from pagan traditions of such an obvious character. So we don't, we don't find them simply picking up pagan practices. In fact, they were doing everything they could to separate themselves from the pagan practices of the day. Christians wanted to be seen as peculiar, as distinct. They did not want to be seen as participating in any sort of pagan festival. And by the way, they were willing to separate themselves, even if that meant their death, their imprisonment, their beatings. And so Christians were not simply endorsing or picking up pagan practices and then changing the language to make it Christianized in some way. Uh, instead, they were very distinct in this time period. They're, they're trying to look different. It says this change would only uh, would happen only, the, the adoption of some pagan practices, uh, after Constantine converted to Christianity. From the mid-4th century on, we do find Christians deliberately adapting and um, Christianizing pagan festivals. A famous proponent of this practice was Pope Gregory the Great, who in a letter written in 601 to a Christian missionary in Britain recommended that local pagan temples not be destroyed but be converted into churches and that pagan festivals be celebrated as feasts of Christian martyrs. So this was a belief later, but it wasn't at the time that Christianity, that Christmas was adopted or when that date was celebrated as the birth of Jesus. It says, but we don't have any evidence of Christians adopting pagan festivals in the third century, at which point dates for Christmas were established. Thus, it seems unlikely that the date was simply selected to correspond with pagan solar festivals. It says, however, the December 25th feast seems to have existed before 312, before Constantine and his conversion at least. And I'm going to pause there and I'm going to revisit what I was taught. So what I was taught growing up, again, was that Christians wanted to conceal their actual practice, which was to celebrate the birth of Jesus. They had to conceal it because of persecution. The problem with that is that, again, before Constantine, they had no desire to adopt pagan practices or conform to any of their images or anything like that. So they did not want to have any overlap. So this is unlikely that it would have happened. They would have rather embraced persecution than somehow believing that they were watering down the faith by mixing it with pagan practices. So so it didn't happen before. And after Constantine, we don't find that same sort of persecution. And because we don't find persecution of Christianity, in fact, we find it to be a protected religion uh, in the Roman Empire, there's no need to conceal it at that point moving forward. So the, the story that I heard growing up was false no matter when the timeline happened to be that it was adopted. But it continues here. It says, as we have seen, the Donatist uh, Christians in uh, in North Africa seem to have known it from before that time. Furthermore, in the mid to late 4th century, church leaders in the Eastern Empire concerned themselves not with introducing a celebration of Jesus' birthday, but with the addition of the December date to their traditional celebration to their traditional celebration on January 6th. And it provides now the second possible explanation. It says, there is another way to account for the origins of Christmas on December 25th. Strange as it may seem, the key to dating Jesus' birth may lie in the dating of Jesus' death at Passover. This view was first suggested in the modern world by French scholar uh, Louis 
Duchesne in the early 20th century and fully developed by the American Thomas Talley in more recent years. But they were certainly not the first to note a connection between the traditional date of Jesus' death and his birth. Around 200, Tertullian of Carthage reported the calculation that the 14th of Nisan, the day of the crucifixion according to the Gospel of John, in the year Jesus died was equivalent to March 25th in the Roman calendar. March 25th is, of course, nine months before December 25th. It was later recognized as the Feast of the Annunciation, the commemoration of Jesus' conception. Thus, Jesus was believed to have been conceived and crucified on the same day of the year. Exactly nine months later, Jesus was born on December 25th. The idea appears in an anonymous Christian uh, uh, writing titled On Solstices and Equinoxes, which appears to come from 4th century North Africa. The treatise states, Therefore, our Lord was conceived on the 8th of of April in the month of March, March 25th, which is the day of the Passion of the Lord and of his conception. For on that day he was conceived, on the same he suffered. Based on this, the the, uh, writing dates Jesus' birth to the winter solstice. Augustine, too, was familiar with this association. In On the Trinity, that's the name of the writing, he writes, For he, Jesus, is believed to have been conceived on the 25th of March, upon which day also he suffered. So the womb of the virgin in which he was conceived, where no one of mortals was begotten, corresponds to the new grave in which he was buried, wherein was never man laid, neither before him nor since, but he was born according to tradition... According to tradition, he says, meaning that it is a earlier date, that it has been passed down, and Augustine says, on, upon December the 25th. In the East, too, the dates of Jesus' conception and death were linked, but instead of working from the 14th of Nisan in the Hebrew calendar, the Easterners used the 14th of the first spring month in their local Greek calendar, April 6th, to us. April 6th, of course, is exactly nine months before January 6th, the Eastern date for Christmas. In the East, too, we have evidence that April was associated with Jesus' conception and crucifixion. Bishop Epiphanius of, uh, writes that on April 6th, the lamb was shut up in the spotless womb of the Holy Virgin. He, he who took upon and takes away in perpetual sacrifice the sins of the world. Even today, the Armenian church celebrates the Annunciation in early April, on the 7th, not the 6th, and Christmas on January 6th. Thus, we have Christians in two parts of the world calculating Jesus' birth on the basis that his death and conception took place on the same day, March 25th or April 6th, and coming up with two close but different results, December 25th and January 6th for the celebration of his birth. Now, that seems really strange to us, doesn't it? Like looking at the day somebody died and saying that's the day they were conceived. But that was a very common belief in antiquity. People commonly believed, especially of great men, that they that the day they died happened to be the exact day they were conceived. So when people wanted to establish a date for their birth, they would simply go forward 
nine months from that conception date, and they would come up with their birth date. It is interesting that early Christians, around 200 AD, they were really interested in finding a particular date for the birth of Jesus. They relied upon the cultural assumptions and practices of the day, and they said, well, when did he die? Well, that's when he was conceived. Let's go forward and find nine months later, and they recognized that that was the birth of Jesus. It's interesting that we have people in two different parts of the world, in the Western Roman Empire and the Eastern Roman Empire, looking at the exact same evidence, coming up with the exact same argument that that we've already outlined, and then coming up with two slightly different answers with 12 days between them, simply because their starting date differed from one another. Now, I say all of this to say, should we be dogmatic on the date of Jesus' birth? Should we be dogmatic that Jesus was born on December 25th in Bethlehem? Should we instead say he was born on January 6th in in Bethlehem? Well, we don't have to be dogmatic about that. We can say that it is possible that he was born on that day. I, I have no idea. But regardless, there's nothing wrong with saying that Jesus, that we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. It is an a direct um, response to understanding the mission for which Jesus came. He came to die. He came to save sinners. He came to rise from the grave. Uh, and in doing so, uh, demonstrated that he is the Lord God Almighty. He is the first fruit. There are all others who have responded in saving faith will also experience the resurrection. And so by continuing this date, we are pointing also to the completed works of Christ on the cross and the empty tomb. And so I think it's worthwhile for that reason to continue to celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. So we had this discussion today, and we reviewed this article, which I hope you'll take time to spend time reading and thinking about and reflecting upon and asking, what else do I assume to be true simply because it's been passed down? I wanted us to discuss this today because I want us to be engaged in those sort of practices. I want us to wrestle with history. I want us to wrestle with theology. I want us to ask, what is true? I want us to ask, how can we better celebrate the birth of Jesus? I think we can do so by continuing to attach the the birth of Jesus, the celebration of the birth of Jesus, to the resurrection. Also, in this season, we celebrate Advent. We look forward to the second coming of Jesus. And so, of course, that is of significant concern for us. But above all, I want you to have confidence today that Christmas is not simply a pagan spinoff. This date was not established to correspond with a pagan festival. Instead, Christians before uh, even Sol Invictus, by the way, was adopted, were already looking for a day to celebrate the birth of Jesus and were in places such as North Africa celebrating the birth of Jesus on December 25th. I hope and pray that you are blessed in this season as we eagerly await the return of the King. May God bless you.